Hey guys, before we get into this awesome episode number two with James from Stand Strong, I want to tell you about a special deal that we have going on with the most punk rock water on earth. Uh, it's liquid death mountain water. Uh, you guys seriously got to check this out. Uh, you can get 10% off your order with promo code dark blue, all caps, dark blue. And uh, if your thirst is bothering you, just murder it. <laughs> That's the idea. They've got flat water and sparkling for those of you who are feeling a little bubbly and even some hoodies to keep you warm during these cold winter months ahead. So uh, get on to liquiddeath.com, check it out, see what looks good and order a case or two. Murder your thirst with liquid death. Let's get into this. What's up, guys? This is Zach, and you have just stepped into the dark blue. Uh, welcome back to episode two with James Mackert from Stand Strong. Um, this dude, man, seriously had the most intense conversation with James last time we talked um, that I've had so far with Into the Dark Blue, and I'm so grateful for him being willing to share his story. Um, so many people need to hear this story, and um, I, I'm, I'm glad you guys have come back for the second episode because we've got a lot of great information for you uh, about just the impact that suicide has on, on the family. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, medicines, medication, and how uh, they're a band-aid and not a fix. Uh, and then we're going to be talking also about a little bit more about Stand Strong and why James started Stand Strong. Um, last time we heard just a really amazing story about where James comes from, uh, some of the things that he's struggled with in the past, and um, what brought him to start Stand Strong to begin with. Um, and so now we're just going to hear a little bit more today about um, the kind of the long-term impacts on that and, and um, some of the perspectives and learnings that came from the things that, he, things that he's experienced. How are you doing today, James? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me back. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. Um, of course, and I, I'm like I said, I'm really grateful for the information that you're giving here and um it's just having that firsthand experience of something like that is something that i think um, so many people probably need to hear um and uh, we're back at it early this morning i've got a cup of coffee here uh it's the the taste of san antonio mm, nice little uh flavorful cup of coffee from my hometown san antonio texas and james james has another thing that i grew up with down here in san antonio yeah, man. Got the Haritos over here. The Lime Haritos. <laughs> the greatest soda on the planet. Absolutely. Yeah, it's totally nostalgic for me, too. Because, um, you know, when I was growing up out down here in San Antonio, I would go to the little taco shops and everything. And that's that's what yeah. we did. It was either Haritos or um, the Mexican Cokes, you know. Yeah. We, we didn't really have much of that where I grew up. And it wasn't up until I joined the Navy that I found it. And then when I got back, uh, I ended up finding a store that sells it. And now I'm there like once a week. I love this stuff. <laughs> I think I just missed out for so long that now I got to try to try to catch up, you know, got to buy them all. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool, man. Well, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into this because uh, I, I think we've got some a pretty good amount of information to cover here. Um, and it's all very valuable. So. Um, 
let's kind of continue on from where we are, where we were last episode. And uh, again, to let you guys know, James and I both have been diagnosed with ADD. And so uh, the last episode, we gave you guys a taste of how we think, right? Uh, just kind of all over the place. Um, and then finding our way back, because that's how we do it. Um, but on this episode, we're going to try to stay a little bit more uh, organized for you guys. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh we'll try to try to get this because this is a little bit more i think um actually like it, this is more like detailed information that i think is good for you right. guys to have, so hey check this out if you haven't tried sheath underwear yet i can tell you from experience it will change your life it's got not one, but two pouches for your bits and pieces. It's basically like upgrading from a studio apartment to a two bedroom house for your junk. I won't wear anything else at this point. I've replaced my entire underwear drawer with sheath. So if you want to try it out for yourself, you can get 25% off by going to sheathunderwear.com and use promo code DARKBLUE, all caps, DARKBLUE. If you wouldn't mind, can you tell us a little bit about the impact that suicide has on a family? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, I feel like it's one of those things that people don't really understand until it happens. You know, I never thought much about suicide or like the effects that suicide had until after it happened. You know, it, it's not something that you can ever really prepare yourself for. And I mean, you know, I, I've had thoughts prior to my my father taking his own life I've had thoughts of taking my own life when I was a teenager and uh you know something something always came along and stopped me I I don't know how you know I I never actually like had an attempt I never went through with anything because there was always some some weird little thing that would happen and just kind of snap me out of it um but I never gave too much thought you know gave it too much thought until it happened and when it did it's it's something you really don't comprehend at first, you know, you're trying to figure out what's going on. And it's like, I was surprised by the, the ripple effect that it created. Mm. Like, you know, one of the, one of the things that hit me the hardest when it first happened was half of his side of the family completely stopped talking to my family. You know, oh, wow. it was just me, my mom and my little sister and my dad. And when my dad did what he did, I mean, my parents had split up a few months before that. So you know, me, my mom, and my sister all moved into a, a separate house with my mom. And that was what my dad wanted. He told us, you know, go stay with your mom. He worked third shift at a factory. He was a maintenance guy. He worked his ass off all day. Yeah. And then, you know, we would come home from school, open the door, and it would wake him up, and he, he couldn't go back to sleep. So he actually asked us to go stay with my mom. I, I didn't like their decision to split up, so I went and stayed with a friend. Um, but when you know, when everything was over with, a lot of people actually blamed us for it. They, they looked from the outside and thought that wow. we just abandoned my father, Wow. Um, that we didn't care about what he was going through. And, you know, we were still all trying to be directly in his life as much as we could, but, you know, we were on opposite schedules. Right. Um, and you know, my sister were, what's that? Sorry. I mean, he didn't really talk to you guys though about what he was struggling with either. Right? No, no, he didn't talk to anybody about it. You know, I noticed some weird little things that kind of, 
you know, I knew he was upset. You know, yeah. he was he was just split up with my mom after twenty something years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I didn't really think anything of it. I figured he would be upset by that. Right. But you know, nobody expected it to go where it went. My dad was very religious. He was very squared away, and that's you know, back to the the fuck pharmaceuticals. This is why I say that. My dad was uh, he was taking antidepressants for a really long time. He was actually on, uh, I think it was Wellbutrin that he was taking for probably 10 to 15 years. Um, I think it was four weeks, four or five weeks before he had taken his own life that he went to the doctor and told him, hey, this stuff's just, you know, not working for me the way it used to. I need, can you up my dose or whatever? And the doctor completely dropped him off Wellbutrin, just took it completely out of the Oh, just out of the picture and oh, put him on, tricky. put him on Lexapro. Oh, um, and then that's when that's when he started getting real weird. Uh-huh. And you know, I had had a history of taking medication growing up. I've tried as an adult. It has always had like a reverse effect on me, and that's why you know I, I'll take it for a little bit, and then I realize it's just fucking with my head even worse, and yeah. I just I gotta stop taking it. But and that's also why. Therapy never fit for me. Anytime I would go talk to a therapist, they were trying to shove meds down my throat. And I'm like, listen, I've tried this. It, it's, not, it's not a good fit for me. I just need to blow off this steam. Um, but it, it seems like everyone I've ever talked to, they were always trying to just shove meds down my throat. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, so you think that that impacted his thinking? And then... I do, I do believe so, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, like I said, my dad was... He was really religious, too, which... You know, he was one of those guys that like was completely against suicide at all costs. You don't do that. You you never do that. And that's why everybody thought I was just being paranoid when I noticed something was off. Yeah. Like, nah, your dad wouldn't do that. He's not that kind of guy. He doesn't believe in that. Yeah. So, um, um, can you tell me a little bit more about the aftermath then um, from all yeah, that? Yeah. So, you know, we were trying to tell people about this. You know, the, the medication had a play in it. The fact that, you know, he asked us to go stay somewhere else. Um, but you know, it, it, it was terrifying because, you know, I was 18 years old and I felt like, you know, now I got to be the man of the family. My mom and my sister are traumatized. We were all there at the same time. We all found him together. I was the first on the scene, but they came in shortly after. I mean, that's traumatic, especially to, I think my sister was 13 or 14 at the time. And, you know, me wow. being the big brother, I was raised to protect your little sister. You got to do whatever you can to look after her. You know, that's, that's, that's your little sister. Right. And, you know, my mom just completely changed as a person after everything happened. And I, I didn't, it was something I was so not used to, you know, I, I didn't recognize my family anymore because, you know, while I was going through my own things, they were going through theirs. And at the same time, everybody just kind of abandoned us. And that was the worst part because like as his direct family that wasn't living with him at the time, everybody thought that we just didn't care, I guess, you know, family friends that we grew up with that, you know, have completely cut us out of the picture since then are even, you know, half the side of his family. I I think the last time I've seen some of my aunts and uncles were at the funeral and that was almost 10 years ago. They haven't reached out and asked how we were doing. They haven't, they have not even made an effort to, to try to see how things were going because yeah. I mean, you so, know, some people have come back into the picture over the past few years, but you know, 
that was a that was a detrimental time in our life that we really needed support and everybody just kind of left us to rot yeah no doubt man and uh, man so this is such a key thing too and something i feel like is really common um within families pretty often is just a lack of communication um yeah. there's a lot of things i think in families that can fester uh and assumptions that get made about people's actions or right. experiences and instead of talking about them and being willing to be open and honest with each other about the things that have happened in a family um they harbor this resentment that right. is often unfounded you know um whereas if you could just sit down and talk through it to understand each other's perspectives um you could probably work through a lot of those issues and kind of move forward as a family unit, you know? Absolutely. And that's what bothered us the most is, you know, my, my mom's side of the family was always, you know, family over everything. My dad's side was kind of more distant, but, you know, we still, you know, made it points to see each other over time. Yeah. Um, you know, at least a couple times a year. Um, it was just, it, it was a really lonely time. You know, we just lost, you know, the, the head of the household, you know, one of the most important people in the family. Right. And, uh, you know, nobody else was really around, you know, we kind of dealt with it ourselves and, you know, again, you know, that, that stigma that revolves around men, you gotta, you gotta be tough. You can't, you can't break down right now. You have to take care of mom and sister, you yeah. know, so I was, yeah, right. I was looking out for them before I was looking out for me, but that actually had even more of a negative effect, especially with my sister. It's a lot of pressure on you. And, uh, well, you know, anytime I would try to steer my sister in the right direction or give her some kind of advice, it was always just, you know, you're not dad. Stop trying to tell me what to do. And, you know, that was not what I was going for. I was just trying to help. Yeah. Um, doing what I thought was the right thing. And, you know, that that's another one of those little unseen things that people don't really think about is, you know, what kind of problems can it create, you know, 10 years later? I, I still don't yeah. have a great relationship with my sister. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've tried to help with her many times over the years, but she just doesn't want anything to do with it because anytime, I guess, anytime I try to help it, she always just sees me as trying to, you know, play dad. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. So if you could tell anybody who's having suicidal thoughts, one thing about how it impacts the family, what would you say? Like if you could say one really important thing. Understand the ripple effect that you're going to create because it doesn't just stop at family. It doesn't just stop at friends. I mean, your coworkers, your, your neighbors, anybody, anybody who ever had any kind of relationship with you. I mean, you could you could have just met some new guy at work that you left a, a good impression on and that that person looks up to you respects you and you don't even realize it but if you were to if you were to go through with that you know there's it branches very very far i mean i've had my dad's coworkers reach out to me i've had tons of people over the years that kind of came forward over time that were just really bothered by it and you know felt the need to finally reach the family and yeah, you know, say something about it. But, you know, a lot of people were really traumatized, you know, and I know that my dad didn't realize what a large network he had, but a lot of people loved yeah. him and respected him. 
and would have been there for him if he would have asked for help. Yeah. You know, he, he, I don't think he was able to swallow his pride. Wow. You know, he, he wasn't able to open up and that's something I've realized about myself over the years and kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing is I never realized until I got older, how much alike I am to my father in the sense that I'm not good at dealing with my emotions. I'm not good at opening up. I'm not good at talking about it. Yeah. And you know, I'm trying to change that. Now I've realized, you know, what a devastating effect it's had and you can't be that way. You gotta, you, you gotta step out of your comfort zone, mm. you know? Yeah. If, if you're sitting in your comfort zone, but you're uncomfortable, you need to do something different. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there, there's gotta be some kind of change there. And, yeah. you know, years of, you know, I started, like I said, I think I said this already, but I started Stand Strong in 2012 as a, a Facebook page. Yeah. I was going to try to make it a nonprofit. It was just something I did after high school, just started the page, didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, but in 2011, when I was going through, you know, my transition, trying to get my life together, I turned 18 at the time. This was, I turned 18 exactly three weeks before my dad took his own life. So I, I just yeah. turned 18. And um, I was trying to think of a way that I could just constantly motivate myself. Cause like I said, I didn't feel like I had a great support system. So I had to create that for myself. I had to be my yeah. own support system. And I just turned 18. I wanted to go get tattoos. And I was thinking of something motivational, something symbolic that I could get to me that was going to mean a lot. And stand strong is what I came up with. Yeah. I got stand strong tattooed down the back of my legs when I was 18 years old on my 18th birthday. Yeah. And it, my dad hated tattoos. He absolutely hated the fact that I had tattoos. Um, and I will never forget this. I was, I stopped over his house for something and I was wearing shorts and I walked out of his garage and he was in there working on a car and he goes, what are those? You know, he, he points, points to my legs. When the hell did you do that? Yeah. And I was like, I got them for my birthday. And he was like, what does it mean? And I told him, I said, you know, this is a permanent reminder to me that even when life gets tough, I need to stand strong. Cause I was going through, you know, like I said, I was trying to get through high school. I was trying to deal with my own mental health. I mean, I've had terrible anxiety and depression for years and years now. And, you know, since, since dad has done what he's done, uh, I've since been diagnosed with PTSD from that whole situation. Yeah, uh, of course. But, you know, even when I was 18, I, I recognized the value in keeping myself pushing. And I, my dad saw those tattoos and asked what he meant or what, what they had meant. And I told him just that, stand strong through whatever, through whatever life throws at you. And that was the first time in my life that my, my dad smiled at me and nodded. And he said, I like that. He, he liked <laughs> what they meant. And that's, that's cool. You know, I, I, that's a really I, cool I, memory, man. Like I had no idea that I was going to turn that into this. Right. Over time, it seemed like that's where the arrow was pointing. That's the yeah. direction that I needed to go. And I didn't know how to do it. You know, was I right. going to do a, a nonprofit? Was I going to do this? Was I going to do that? I, I honestly kind of didn't think about it for a lot of years. And then, uh, you know, after I got out of the Navy and I came back to Ohio, um, I went and stayed with my mom for about a year and I went through a serious depression when that mm -hmm. happened because, you know, my whole life, I always had somebody around me, 
you know, I had a lot of friends growing up. I was always doing something. And then when I was in the military, it's like you work with your friends and then you're all yeah, off. You're around them all time. the time. Right. Right. And then you go do something. So you, you always have something to keep your mind occupied. Yeah. Like I said, I never really reconnected with anybody. And that was the first time that I was ever completely isolated. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I ended up working a few odd jobs and I, I ended up getting a job at a, a startup company. And, uh, you know, I, I started to watch how they grew and how they scaled. And I was in charge of all their shipping and production. Um, it was kind of just, you know, a, a lucky situation that I walked into. And I was doing that for about a year. And I didn't like the way that the owners were handling things. I, I thought they were extremely unethical. They were, they claimed to be transparent, but they were the opposite. You oh, know what wow. I'm saying? They, yeah. they were trying to capitalize off of a, a, a story that didn't really apply to them. Um, so I ended up walking out of there and I, I took the knowledge that I learned while I was there to do this. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah it was that's at really that cool. time that I started thinking to myself, I was like, you know, now I understand how this works. How can I use that to take this message and push it further? Yeah. Because that, you know, one of the people that I'm working with now uh, was somebody that I met while I was working at this startup who also has left since then. Um, and his, his best friend growing up actually had committed suicide. Mm. And, uh, you know, we built a lot of rapport off that. We understood each other. We understood what we went through, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think statistically speaking, it's like one in five people have, you know, known know somebody. somebody. Yeah. Right. right. Um, that's a, pretty, I, that's a pretty big number. I mean, one is, five, that's, that's, you don't, you really don't realize it. Nobody, how is this such a, a big number and nobody's talking about it? Right, dude. You seriously. Know? Oh my God. So, yeah. Me and Kent had started uh, speaking to each other about that. I told him this idea that I had years and years ago. And he was like, you know, why don't you do something with that? He goes, I, I think this, you know, you might really be able to reach people with that. Yeah. And it, before I started working at the startup company, I was, I started working with a friend who was making t-shirts. Um, and I, I learned, you know, how t-shirts were made. And I, I had a, this epiphany one day, I was like, you know, that could be what stand strong is just literally walking messages of, of hope. Yeah. You know, when, you know, I try to look at it, like if I'm, if I'm in the line at the grocery store and some lady reads my shirt, you know, she's having a rough day. She's, you know, having a bad day at work, trouble at home, whatever. And she sees that message that could just be one of those little signs that keeps her sticking around for a while or, you know, yeah, absolutely. In, in any situation, that little plant the seed, you know, exactly. Getting just, about the just, positive things and right. Like I said, you know, whenever I had, you know, thoughts, it, there was always some weird little sign that popped up and just kind of sparked a, you know, little, little light bulb in my head. Like, wait a second, maybe, maybe this is something. Yeah. You know, giving, giving me an excuse to stick around for a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And I, that's what I set out to make stand strong. That's it's great. Just, uh, and you know, but the, the thing is, is I never, I don't want it to stop at just a clothing brand. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it says on my website, it's not just a brand, it's a mentality. Mm -hmm. This is, I, I'm not selling you clothes. I'm selling a message. I'm selling a mindset, a mindset. Right. You know, I, and I, that's why lately I've been trying to do more. I'm working on this blog. I want to get a blog up on there, but yeah. you know, eventually 
whenever I can, uh, you know, get past my anxiety about speaking on camera. Um, <laughs> hey, you're doing a pretty good job of it right now, man. So <laughs> I, I'm trying, man. You know, like I said, this is, this is me stepping out of my comfort zone. I recognize that this is necessary for me to grow. Yeah. Oh, I have to get out of that. I, I, I always have to remind myself like, this is, this is just your anxiety. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is you telling yourself that you can't do it. This is yeah. your roadblock. And um, that's such a big, that's such a big thing to, I mean, you were talking about medication and uh, you know, how it impacts the brain and then also talking about how it's important to open up and talk about the things that we're dealing with. Right. right. Um, and so I think that's one of those things like, um, learning to grow, learning to progress, having that willingness to talk to somebody, go to therapy, um, have a friend that at least if nothing else, have a friend that you're willing to open up to and right. talk about the things that are going <laughs> on in life. Um, these are the things that really help to, um, bring us closure to difficult things in life to help us to step up and, and elevate ourselves, right. Uh, right to be better. And, um, and so that's, I just want to encourage everybody listening right now to find, even if you can't afford therapy or don't have access to it, find somebody in your life, at least that you can talk to, um, that you connect with, that you can tell all of these things that are, that are, that you're struggling with in your life, um, that will change your life in big ways. Um, I promise you. And I will not knock anybody who does choose to use therapy or medication. It, I know it does help for some people. Some people, you know, they need that to help them get to this point. You know, it never worked for me personally, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't work for everybody else. Mm. And I understand that. And, you know, I think what I try to push on the most about this, this stand strong mentality is that you have to realize that you are hold like you're the only thing stopping you from getting better. You have yep. to change your mindset. If you want to, if you want to grow, you have to focus on growth. Yep. You know, I, I realized this while actually after I got out of the military, my whole life, because I, I was so used to crazy shit happening all the time that I was constantly looking out for the next bad thing. My yep. focus was always on the bad, on the negative. What, what shit am I going to deal with today? <laughs> You know, and, yep. and once I got out of the military, I actually read a book. Uh, it, it was written by Dale Carnegie called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, yeah. And it, it really just talks about the power of positive thinking, really. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's made for, you know, people who are trying to get into positions of leadership or, or you know, management, whatever, right. you know, to help them. You but know, it's great for life. life in general. It is. <laughs> what I took out of that book was, I need to get out of this negative ass mindset. Yeah. It's like you know? waking up, waking up and being able to say, today is going to be a great day. I'm going to make it great. Like, right. And, and it, it really is something you have to train yourself to do. You have to yep. constantly monitor your thoughts. When you start thinking about the bad shit, just remember, this is my anxiety. Right. It, you know what? I'm choosing, I'm choosing this mindset. I'm choosing. This, right. Yeah. Right. Once you break that habit, it, it's life changing. And yeah you know, that's really how, you know, I, I always had this mentality that I was going to stand strong through whatever life threw at me, but that doesn't mean I did it with a positive mindset. You know, I was, 
I was almost motivated by my anger. Like I need to, I need to push further because I'm so tired of the shit that's going on. And I was pushing for the wrong reasons. I, I, now I, I look at this whole thing. I look at the things that I'm doing and it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm doing something positive. I'm helping someone else, you know, and that's helping. That. It, it helps me when, when I, I feel like I did something good for the world. Yep. You know, I, I don't, it helps I don't definitely remember as an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, and you know, and helping other people have similar, um, similar thoughts and similar understandings of themselves like that boosts your own confidence as well you know right. and, and it really it's like the more that happens it's like this it's a positive ripple effect compared to absolutely the ripple yes effect that the you know these these negative choices people make have on the world right so if you are in a positive mindset the ripple effect that you're creating is going to be equally as positive right right and I'm a, so I, I really enjoy uh, Buddhist philosophy. Um, and that's one of my favorite things is like the ripples in the pond. Um, mm -hmm. Like you throw a rock in the pond and like, you know, how far are your ripples going and right. how are you impacting the other, the other ripples that are in the pond, you know, and it's, it's right. really cool visual to think about like how much, how, what kind of impact am I having in the world around me, you know? Um, and uh, that's just so important to consider that. I, f I feel like there's so much selfishness in the world right now, um, especially in the U.S. That's something I've been struggling with a lot lately. Um, yeah. The just widespread selfishness um, and the inability to look past our own needs. Right. Right. Um, in so many different ways in our society right now. Um, and... I think these positive initiatives like what you're doing help to bring people back to that community mindset. Right. You know, um, and that's something that I admire a lot, just being able to create that community. Anybody who can bring others together and just get people moving for something positive, something good. Um, right. That's something that um, I just hold very dear. So you, uh, I, I don't know if you saw on our Instagram, I actually do this thing um, called stand strong conversations. Did you, did you see that at all? Oh, cool. No, I hadn't seen that yet. So I, uh, I started making text posts a while back. You know, it took me a while to figure out the template that I wanted <laughs> to use. I had to yeah. do a few design changes. But originally, you know, I started posting like positive quotes, just something that might help keep somebody going throughout the day. And then I had this idea to do uh, stand strong conversations where I do these text posts with a hashtag on it, stand strong conversations. And what it is, it's asking a question like, awesome. how do you, what helps you deal with your anxiety? I love that. And this is designed to make an online community. So like, if you have a question, like how, how do, how are other people dealing with their anxiety? I've tried this. I've tried that, you know, singing might work for you, but it doesn't work for me. Yeah. But, then, you know, skateboarding could work for me and not work for you. Exactly. So, in, you know, obviously none of us are mental health professionals. By <laughs> any means. We're normal people trying to offer other normal people some advice on, you know, what we do to get through the day. Yeah. You know, how do you pull yourself out of a dark place? And 
I've actually had some really interesting conversations with people on there. And I had, uh, I spoke with one guy, another veteran actually, who the night before had put a gun in his mouth. Mm. Um, he actually stopped himself at the thought of one of his kids finding him. And that really resonated with me because I was a kid who found my father. Right. So I, I messaged him instantly and, um, you know, kind of got to talking to him and, you know, I, I just, I wanted to listen to him. What's going on. Yeah. You know, what's bothering you. He, he opened up to me a bit and I gave him a bit of advice. I told him when I'm in a dark place, what I personally like to do is I look for something beautiful. Yeah. I look for a flower or a tree or, you know, anything that I can, a painting, anything that I can find beauty in. Mm -hmm. And I'll sit on that and just kind of take that in and understand that everything around me is not shitty. There's beauty all over the place. You just can't, you got to recognize it when it's right in front of your face. You know, you could have a flower in your backyard. You never knew, you never paid attention (laughs) to. And then one day you just stop and think about like, how does nature create something so beautiful, so vibrant? Yep. You start doing that over and over, you get into a more positive mindset. This guy actually went on to, uh, to, to make a post about the conversation that we had and shared that advice with others. Mm. And you know, that's what I try to do. I try to you know, bring people together and stay in strong conversations where you can, you can offer some advice and get some advice in return. Yeah, you know, just that's awesome. That's what it's all about, man. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. And like creating that community of positive, positive thinking, positive growth. So, um, so with that, how can people get a hold of stand strong stuff and help to be a part of these walking positive billboards? www.standstrong.co. That is our website. You can go on there and find our, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I, I'm still trying to figure Twitter out. I'm not very good at Twitter. You know, uh, I'm not a fan. I, I I haven't. I never really got into Twitter. Totally. Yeah. Get it. And uh, I feel like it's. I feel like it's for a very specific like purpose. You know. Yeah. Um. And <laughs> it's like people go on there looking for the negative stuff so they can talk about that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And that's honestly the only reason I'm on Twitter is to try to push a little <laughs> bit of positivity out into the Twitter yeah. sphere. You know. <laughs> there you go. Um. um so. Yeah. And if you guys go to standstrong.co uh, and you want to support uh, James's mission with Stand Strong, um, he's actually going to give you guys 20% off uh, the Stand Strong shirts and you guys have hats as well. Uh, yeah. We got, uh, uh, we got beanies, hoodies, crew necks, and shirts right now. I'm adding more into inventory as time goes by. I'm, awesome. I'm doing this on my own. So I'm starting to grow here. Yeah. I love that, man. Like grassroots, grassroots stuff. Yep. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to go support that, he's going to give you 25, 20% off with the promo code dark blue, uh, all caps, dark blue, and, uh, get you guys going. You can help spread that positivity. One last question for you before we go here. Yeah. If you can give one piece of advice to everybody listening, what would be the biggest piece of advice that you could give right now to everybody listening? It's not about what you've been through. It's about how you handle it. Mm. You can go through some, some dark times and turn that into positivity if you push yourself hard enough. Don't use the negatives in your life as an excuse to be a negative person. Push through it. Overcome it. That's, that's the message behind Stand Strong. Resiliency. You know, it, it's hard. I know it. 
but it is doable. You have to want it. You have to want to change. You have to want to get out of that way of thinking and that will change your life. Yep. Absolutely. Man, I love that so much. That's something uh, I think about a lot because I have a lot of people in my life who have dealt with some pretty difficult things, addiction, abuse, things like that. Um, And one of the biggest lessons that I learned over the years is that I can't make anybody want to do things differently. I can't, no piece of advice I give, nothing I say, nothing I do is going to make somebody change their mind. They have to get to a point where they want it. Right. They want want that change. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I love that, man. Thank you so much for that. Um, and thank you so much for joining me again. Uh, I, I, I love this and I love this conversation and I hope that you and I can continue, uh, have some more conversations in the future as well. Um, so. I love what you guys are doing on the show here. I mean, talking about mental health is, it's such a big deal. You know, it, it's amazing how many people are really out there suffering and, you know, there's a lot of people that are suffering in silence. I know there's other people like me who, you know, don't, the the medication didn't work for them. Therapy wasn't a good fit for them. And they're just out there dealing with it. It's a painful existence. You gotta, you gotta speak to someone. You gotta get out of your comfort zone. You have to, you have to convince yourself that you want the change bad enough to actually change it. And Mm, we need to talk about this more. You know, the, the number that's going around right now, especially for veterans, 22 veterans a day take their own life. And That's, that's, that's a huge number, you know, that there's, there's so many people that are really out there suffering. We need to talk about this more. We need to kill these stigmas around mental health. You know, it's okay for men to talk about this shit. You know, my whole life, you know, I had too much pride and it wasn't up until now, you know, 27 years old, I'm finally coming out and talking about it. And I mean, it's, it's made some serious changes for me, but you know, the, the whole time, I, I had to force myself to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing. Absolutely. Every day, man. So yeah. Uh, and that said, uh, just let all of you know out there, if you guys want to tell your story, um, you can let us know in our DMS and on Instagram, you can email us at into the dark blue podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can connect with us on our website at www.intothedarkblue.com. Let us know you want to tell your story on our Real Guys Real Talk blog. Uh, That blog is open to anybody to tell their story about what got them to where they are in their life and where they're going. Um, You guys, all of you who are willing to share your stories is another opportunity to help somebody move forward in their lives and find a way to get better. So go ahead and let us know, uh, connect with us, and we'll be glad to post your story on our blog and uh, just be a part of that change, you know? I'd like, to, I'd like to say that too. You know, if you go to standstrong.co on Instagram and you wanna, or Facebook, anything, you, you message Stand Strong, I will personally talk to you myself and give you whatever advice I can. I'm always here to talk. If you're struggling and you need to, you need to get it out there, I'm happy to be that ear for you. Awesome, so, man, killer. Any kind of any day, I'm here, man. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. So you guys have so many options, so many options for someone to talk to and uh, ways to get your story out there. So 
Uh, thank you again for joining us again for this second episode. And James, thank you again for, for coming back and uh, telling us a little bit more about your story. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>